0: Hello again to the Nature of Nantucket podcast. I'm Rich Blundell, the visiting scientist at the Mariah Mitchell Association. This week, I continue my conversation with the visual artist Rita LaDuke. In part one, we explored the under-acknowledged artistic and imaginative facets of Mariah Mitchell. We also set the stage for how our collaborative work in the mountains of New Hampshire is transportable to Nantucket. You can learn more and see examples of her nature-inspired art through the link in the show description. In this episode, we explore more fully what Oika art is. So I begin by asking Rita for the origin story of her artistic practice. I just
1: happened upon it. It wasn't something that I thought of first and um just went out to go do, but I um like when I was strictly a painter um, which was mostly like undergrad, I would take large canvases, like five foot canvases outside um, and scramble and paint the shadows of the trees that were projected onto the canvases. And that was, I mean, I am somebody who grew up, I mean, I'm very comfortable outside. I, I prefer being outside. I, I, so so taking the paintings outside was not a big leap for me, but um, I was kind of making fun of my own anxieties about time in that work, where like when you try to capture shadows like they're constant first of all the wind is blowing them they're kind of quivering a little bit anyway even if there's not much wind but the sun is moving and so by the time you finish you know a couple leaves on a branch like you get to the next branch, like the, the whole shadow has shifted and so there's this chasing um of time thing that's happening and so by the end the the painting just is a is sort of a record of of that um but in doing that in in that chase i'm able to forget the anxiety because I'm so invested in the present moment of it. So that was really like, that was that work. And then um, uh, in in graduate school, I started I was I, I had a history doing like scenic design working in theater. And so in graduate school, when I wasn't working in theater anymore, I was able to bring that practice into the studio because it was no longer my job so I could play. Um, and And so when I left graduate school as an installation artist at that time and moved to New York City, you know, getting space in New York is really um, not easy. And so I thought, well, wait a second, you know, there was a time that I had a practice that was outside. So why don't I take my installation practice outside? But the problem with that was that, you know, when you do installations inside, you have the architecture of a space to work with. And that gives you boundaries for your installation it frames the installation in a way that you're able to compose it so that when somebody comes to look at it they know the boundaries you know of that installation where it exists within and when you take something outside it's it's boundless mm. um and so as a joke again to kind of like make fun of my own problems i like i brought the frame I was like well I need a framing mechanism like there's no architecture out here just to, to bound my installation so let me bring out a framing mechanism and an art you know that's the support um and so I brought out a literal frame but I needed to see through the frame so it was all really these like practical kind of playful experiments um and so I was really there to make an installation in space and I was putting fabric and different materials into the space and looking through the frame and then I was Then I took a picture through the frame and I was like oh maybe it's not actually about the installation maybe it's actually about the picture and because in the picture you're conflating the space and then who you know what did because of what you speak about the the um the sense of self sort of dissolving and so in that photograph it kind of visualized that in a way where when they work you can there's a conflation of like the marks that I made and the marks that the environment you know and so when you see those photographs the good ones you cuz they don't all work but um it takes you a little while to 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 understand what is what and so slowing down that act of perception is something that i was really interested in doing um you know before we jump to the boundaries before we jump to like describing something as a tree or a bush or a paint stroke how how can we um kind of delay and and sit in that space of just kind of uh everything um anyway so that was that kind of surprised me and and that was, was like oh that's good but then i end up with all these marks on this piece of acetate um and then they ended up being like materials and data that i would bring back to the studio and then create work from and they continued to give me information and context and conversation and so the whole thing just ended up being an accident in Hmm. just following um and what i meant to how i meant to wrap that back around though was that what you describe as like me losing myself through the portal the the frame um brought me back to the work that i was doing with the shadows outside and so like that that loss of self and that like release of that kind of existential anxiety um happened again i and it surprised me because i didn't i didn't set out in that moment I, you know i set out to make an installation and then here i was again so what i found was that like oh when i'm outside it i'm able to like access this state um and so artwork or no artwork. And because, you know, I'm using the artwork to get me there, or the process to get me there. But that state is like, it feels really good. It's like a really good state to be in.
0: <laughs> There's definitely a therapeutic value, you know, to that you know, on a personal level. So that leads me to my next question is, what do you think happens to us? You know, what what happens to somebody who does this, who, because it, it you know, it, it is a form of science. It's a, it also starts to sound like a, a form of meditation, or it, it starts to sound like forest bathing. It starts to sound you know, that, that you're blurring the lines between all of these things. Um, and so I my question though is, what happens to us when we do this?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if we can shed, I mean, so for me, when I'm, you know, you get into like a flow state or I get it, you know, when when I'm making art and I think like there've been there's a lot of research and conversation around the different cultures and practices and ways that we access these, you you can call them flow states, you can call them anything, you know, but, but that's how I, that's a way in for me. And so when I get to that state, I'm doing like my body is doing exactly what I just described those photographs that are, you know, that work. Um, There's that like porosity where you kind of forget. I mean, I talk about it with babies, like, you know, when we're born, like we don't know, where our bodies stop and start. Um, and then we learn like what a body is and what skin is and, and who I am and, and that's not me and this is me. And and so all these boundaries, um, you know, similar to the silos
0: I was talking well, about, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just need to interrupt you because I'm looking at another of Mariah Mitchell's quotes where she says, the greatest benefit from the study of science is that it lifts you out of and above the littleness of daily trials and then it says, we learn to live in the universe as part of it. We cannot separate ourselves from it. Our every act connects us with it. Our every act affects the whole. This sounds a lot like what she was talking about.
1: Mm-hmm. When,
0: when when I look at what you're doing and what we're doing collectively, and you take these two quotes that we've now referenced about me needing imagination and beauty and poetry and science, and then this about how when you do this, it it, it, it's, it connects you to the universe.
1: Yeah, I mean, that begs the question for me of like, for her, she accessed that through the study of science. But I I actually wonder if it's more that science calls for an intimacy with your subject, that then allows for this. um, What does she say, you know, inability to separate yourself from it that when you when you really have to like this dissolution that we're talking about this like flow state or expansive sense of self, like, what is it about science that made her get there, like her particular practice in science, she got there, but my particular art practice, like I'm getting there or, you know, with meditation, people get like, so what? And so to me, I think it comes back to Place or like nature, and and like getting really, really, really close to it. Like no matter your field or your culture, or it's just how can you get super, super close to something, so close to something that you're like face to face with it, and then suddenly you're like face planted, and you're like you're it, you become it.
0: Okay. Well, I think she was unique in in her in her time and in her context, because yes, she was doing good science she was very committed to you know data and rigor and all of those things that we associate with science but she was also very much grounded in place the place of nantucket and it was you know it was well known that she spent a lot of time you know walking and 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 being in nature and she also said this she says I hold the simple student of nature in holy reverence. And then she goes on to say, I am hopeful that scientific investigation pushed on and on will reveal new ways in which God works and brings us to deeper revelations of the holy unknown. So, you know, her her you know, she yes, she was a scientist, but she was living in a time and she had the gumption, you know, to to, to retain the phenomenology of her her of her life, the experiences of her life.
1: So yes, so, he, so I, I'm gonna do the thing again where I have like a, an image and, and try to find the words from that image. But like, just this idea, like when you need to, under, when you when you can't quite see something, you have to get closer to it. And if you still can't quite see it or read it, or you, know, you get closer and you get closer and closer till your eyes are like, you're like right there, right up against it, right next to it. um, I And like, when she was in, like, a telescope, you know, like, so she's trying to get closer and closer and closer to the stars, like,
0: hmm.
1: so to, and like, and I'm, you know, doing that with like, a frame. forest. Yeah, like, a, hmm?
0: the frame, the the, the frame. Yeah, with the- yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And so I just think, and if you can use looking or getting closer to something to in order to see it as a metaphor, then you then you get to break beyond just the senses of sight. And you know you can use all of your senses when you're when you're trying to see with quotes something more clearly um you know in every sensorial way you got to get closer to it and so there is this sort of intimacy that i think then becomes that funnel to take you into by narrow by zooming in you end up zooming out and becoming it i don't know does that make no, sense
0: it makes perfect sense but i i do think that you know there there are there's some political problems here in the fact in that science is not supposed to do that. In fact, the best science traditionally or, or historically or or science is designed to kind of write those things out of the equation. But if you're studying something, if you're observing something, if you're getting close to it, like you're saying, inevitably the you know the universe is gonna. Is gonna kind of reach out and grab you in certain moments, and she was well, still in touch with those. those
1: yeah, moments. and like, like this is why she's a badass because <laughs> she like didn't she didn't ignore that.
0: Yeah, and that's part of Nantucket's character, by the way, and I think I, I think this speaks to the character of the island, the context in which she was you know living, which was Nantucket Island, where you kind of had to be a badass, and um, this exemplifies the kind of research. That I've been that I did here all last summer, which was to find those commonalities, those continuities between a culture of a place and the nature of a place. That's what Oika research, the kind of research that I do, is all about. It's about finding those, um, finding that deeper intelligence of nature and seeing how it expresses itself through human thought and action, otherwise known as culture. So the work that the work that we did in New Hampshire, in Hubbard Brook in the forest is working it, it we're seeing it working we have got exhibitions coming up we've, we see we see the intelligence of sh- of nature showing up in the work and so what we're one of the things that we're doing is to replicate that now using nantucket as a kind of home base so artists are coming to nantucket spending time with us developing these practices um tapping into the intelligence of this place and then bringing it back to their home habitats and and creating work and creating culture that Im- that embeds the intelligence of their places so i i guess um, th- that's exciting to me that it that i'm seeing it work i'm seeing it be, being replicable um with with different artists in their own home places i guess that's what i wanted to just say is that started to do this and it's it seems to be working
1: yeah yeah and i agree and i think that it is replicable because the people that we're working with are so um yeah i mean sensitive and like nuanced and they dive in on a really personal level and they invest themselves in the place Hmm. um because if that like i think the 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 thing that i'm always kind of keeping an eye on and trying to make sure of is that the investment and the like the intimacy like it all even as more people come into the cohort or as we try to widen this extend this that the the level of um like yeah the the rigor the intimacy like that that doesn't get diluted that's that's what we need to do how do we create this collective expansion that that builds in strength and doesn't dissipate is that
0: yeah yeah and i think if we're doing it right in other words if we are actually aligning with ecological intelligence the intelligence of nature then that's inevitable because that's the way nature works
1: right so that's the thing you need to remain tethered to that that initial connection.
0: Yeah. And in, and in some sense, getting back to Mariah Mitchell, and the context of her making, you know, her commentary, we're in that kind of state, we're in that kind of context, again, where we've become deeply disconnected from place from nature. And it's manifesting in a lot of strife, a lot of anxiety, a lot of, um, you know, it's even more so it's it's actually an existential issue at this point, that if we don't realign with nature, um, you know the future is really uncertain, and so, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that that's what this work is about.
1: And it's also like that. Also highlights one of the reasons why, like Mariah Mitchell Association, is such a good place to do this. Um,
0: I can't think of any other place that could do this, frankly. Because, no, I mean, yeah, because because she was so eclectic—not mm-hmm. so eclectic, but because she was so she was a leader she was definitely a thought leader, definitely forward thinking, uh, and definitely grounded at the same time. And those all of those qualities, there are great organizations out here, but none of them have that, none of them, none of them have that that wild card Mm -hmm. to play. Uh, And I think, you know, this moment is a moment where she can become so much more relevant, Than even she could have been in her time. She's more relevant now than she was in her own time. Mm -hmm. And so I I just see, you know, I'm just excited to see how that plays out.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: I want to leave it open. Like I want people to know that we're doing stuff, we're going to be creating stuff, and there are going to be ways for people to help support and get involved in this work. So I guess I'm wondering, where are we going to go from here? I know that you and I have done – we've been doing a lot. We've been doing a lot of what we call extension, which is to bring these ideas and this conversation into culture. That's extension. We've been doing a lot of that. We've brought it to Europe. We've brought it to, you know, Hubbard Brook and Brooklyn and – Michigan. Michigan, yeah. We've been doing – and we're starting to get involved with um, the network of field stations that are, you know, that are around the world – so is there a way that we can talk about what, what we're planning on doing, you know, as a way of planting some seeds of projects?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I just think that it's multifaceted and, and so maybe describing the structure of what we're doing is, is
0: cause Which, there's, how would you describe that? I don't know.
1: Um, because there's, you know, there's just sort of like our collaboration where we are, immersed in it as creative people you know making things um, and then there's us trying to facilitate this um, on a bigger scale with others
0: you know what's I find really interesting is that we're actually we're doing it like we're inviting people in we're showing them how we do it I mean this is what we did this weekend mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know we had two new people meet us in the woods and you know we we, we documented it. But the documentation is part of the process. It's like we're we're not just making a documentary. We're making a documentary by being in the forest together. And, right. I, I, and guess, I, I guess I yeah. guess I'm seeing it happen. Like
1: Yeah. And in fact, the documentary cannot be made if we stop doing any of what we're doing. <laughs> that's right. The content of the documentary is yes. the doing. Yes. Um yeah. And and like and that it's about relationships and conversations. And so like as we build and, and extend that there are these sort of tendrils reaching out that, that we're always searching and looking and, and feeling for, you know, more ways to continue this, mm-hmm. this conversation and, and listen, like we want we're, we want to listen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Okay. So I think what we'll do is, um, just continue to do what we're doing, continue the art residencies and the, you know, the, the Oika cohort. And I hope you will come back and give us updates on, you know, what you're doing, what we're doing. And uh, we can just um, follow the story as it unfolds.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I, I will definitely come back. I think we all want to come back um, and it's just going to grow from here.
0: Okay. Thanks Rita. Thank you. Bye.
1: Bye.